Canuck Central in the Kintac studio. It's Stan Richo and Satyar Shah. A lot, uh, a lot happening here on a Friday. Tonight, I will take you to Abbotsford on the station. Abbotsford Canucks trying to stave off elimination once again. Taking on the Calgary Wranglers. Series 2-1 for Calgary and uh, Canucks. If the Abbey Canucks can win that one, they will uh, force a Game 5. Decisive Game 5 to be played on Sunday night. And uh, fingers crossed for people driving out and traffic. And uh, I know people are heading out as early as now to get there on time. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the listen and have fun at the game tonight. I uh, I also just noticed we have the Blue Jays game on in mm. the uh, in the studio here. Are the Jays down yet? I cannot believe Rich Hill is still pitching <laughs> in Major League Baseball. <laughs> How old is that guy? He's been around forever. Like I saw Miguel Angel Jimenez hit a hole in one today. <laughs> that blew my mind at the Wells Fargo, and now I'm watching Rich Hill striking out Blue Jays. I'm pretty sure Rich Hill. 43. 43. I'm pretty sure Rich Hill faced like Kenny Kenny Griffey Jr. at one point. Uh, He's as old as time. Uh, uh, That's Rich Hill for you. Anyways, um, it's Friday, so that means the mailbag. Hit the music. Uh, We've got producer Ben behind the glass today and posing the questions for us here on the mailbag. We're going to start with a question from Blue Line Bar Down. With Hoaglander likely coming back, how do you project the wing- winger lines to look next season? How do Canucks wingers stack up in the Pacific for next season? <sighs> okay. Ooh. So I was actually like, um, I got reminded yesterday that Ilya Mikheyev exists and is a member of the Vancouver Canucks. He's that guy, yeah. Uh, he's actually like, good. Not that, you know, I, not that I forgot about him completely, but, you know, he didn't play the last third of the season and you kind of... And a lot happened this year. A lot happened. Um, so... I was, you know, actually doing this exercise mm-hmm. and what the Canucks lines would look like for next year. Kuzmenko, Pedersen, Mikheyev. Okay. Uh, Phil DiGiuseppe, Miller, Besser. <laughs> you putting PDG there? I mean, Get I just... Get out of here. What? Is Beauvillier over over PDG right now? Yes. Okay. I mean, I mean we'll, we'll see. One, one's just slightly more accomplished. <laughs> I, it's not like uh, Beauvillier was able to usurp PDG off that line. And how many games did he play again? Okay, well, well, like <laughs> Rick Tockett loves that line. Okay, I, okay, making he a team is one line. thing. Dad has him in the top six next year with a bullet. PDG. I'm not saying with a bullet. I'm just saying like right now, if we're projecting it out, uh-huh. if we're penciling out the lines. Oh, PDG's yeah? still there. Mm. Uh, Beauvillier, uh, we don't know who, and Connor Garland. Yeah, because right? they don't really have a third line center right now. Yes. Would it be Sheldon Dries? He's a UFA. No, he's got another year. Oh, he's still got another yeah, year? Yeah, he has one more year. Okay. Could be Sheldon Dries. Yeah. Right now, it's Dries. He's penciled in. Altuaratu's got to get into the Abbasser lineup first before we talk about him being in the Canucks lineup. Yes. One day. So. Very true. And then uh, Joshua Oman Studnika. Mm-hmm. So, can Nils Hoaglander get into this lineup? Yes. Yeah. I think so. And I, I think they're going to subtract a winger. So I think at I'm least lo- one. I'm looking at Garland's spot for Hoaglander. Garland is heading off to the Worlds to play yes. with the U.S. Um, that seems like a. Uh, it seems like an easy swap. They're not like like for like players, but I think the one thing about Hoaglander, um, does he have more tenacity 
Or does he have more of an ability to get in on the forecheck than well, Connor Garland does? Well, I don't know if he has more of an ability because Garland's shown the ability. I think the biggest thing is it's going to be his consistency. Right. Right. And, and also the value plays that we talk about. Is he going to understand time and place well enough for the coach? Yeah. That's what we've seen with the coach, right? Like we've seen talk and he, he mentioned it about Kuzmenko, puck management. And that's been one of the things about Hoaglander, his tenacity, how hard he plays, his skills never been questioned. It's been decision making and kind of processing sometimes a little bit. If he can do those things, I can see him being a more effective player than Connor Garland because he doesn't need to have the puck on a stick as much as Garland does. Yeah. So I think ideally long term, he's a better fit if he hits his potential than Connor Garland on this team. Um, the other, you know, look, PDG, all kidding aside, you know, whether it's Hoaglander or Pod Colson, you would like to see them be yeah. able to show up to camp and say, like, you know, we, we deserve that spot over this guy. Yeah, exactly. And I think those two guys are going to feature in on it there. And you, I don't think you can you can dismiss Pod Colson, but right now he's gone through the injury, had a really down year. Mm-hmm. I think we all have to take, put press pause yeah. and be like, okay, let's just see where he fits in next season. Uh, where do they stack uh, in the Pacific Division? Forward-wise? Yeah. I mean, they're still behind Edmonton, number one. Yeah. They're behind Vegas, n- number two. Yep. Um, L.A.? Yes. Yeah, so, well, depending on... LA yeah, still has like yeah. LA Vancou- still has a, a bunch of sort of unproven talent. They do. I mean, you can look at Vancouver's unproven talent as you, sh- you compare it a little bit. Vancouver has better higher end guys. Right? LA's got more functional players. Yeah, they have. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, uh, Garland, Vancouver. If you look at them on paper, you're like, man, they got like you know s- seven and nine top top six guys. You know, yeah. top nine guys. And it's like, well, a lot of them do the same thing. <laughs> you know, like I, I'd much rather you know subtract a Bavillier and or a Garland and get a guy who can kill penalties, play well defensively, bring speed and forechecking. You know, yeah. like, they don't have enough of those types of players. I mean, Besser, somebody said, I don't hear you mention Besser. I mean, I think we're all assuming Besser's going to play alongside JT. Yeah. Uh, right now, that's the that's the duo. Yeah. Uh, it's JT and Besser. You know, the, the thing with LA, it's guys like Yafalo and um, Trevor Moore. You know, do they have more talent than a Brock Besser? Probably no. not. But they can do things that Besser doesn't do that helps the team. Exactly. And if you have certain guys that fill roles already, it just comes down to, again, I think you can have, you don't have to get rid of Besser, Bavilia, and Garland because you still need, you know, one of those guys, right? Yeah. Or that type of player. But having three of them, um, or actually four if you count Kuzmenko, Kuzmenko is different. He scores a lot, right? But kind of similar. And I'd say Canucks forward lines are pretty. Um, uh, like, they're pretty comparable to Seattle and Calgary. Yeah. And somebody just asked, yeah, I think they are comparable, and we'll see what happens. Somebody asked about Pearson. Tanner Pearson may never play hockey again. Yeah. So, like, right now, we don't know. Like, he may not even have full function. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but even he himself, I'm just trying to get back to playing with my kids and being, yeah. being a father again. Like, having normal function of my hand. So, when we're talking about him having normal day-to-day function of his hand, that means playing is nowhere near the equation right now. Uh, it's a very unfortunate situation. Uh, Raymond asks, what line will Barbashev play on? Uh, hold on, Raymond. Well, I mean, okay. he can take the PDG spot. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. Like, <laughs> that actually hurts you. Look at you. Sore like, spot. Very, very <laughs> Dan's, Such Dan's a sore spot. <laughs> That's that cuts deep, man. Vergogna. Vergogna. Dan's like, I'm not going golfing with you on the uh, weekend. All right. <laughs> Next question. 
Next up. I've had enough of this. <laughs> as you mentioned, Dan, tonight on the airways, we will, will be playing the Abbotsford Canucks hockey game, game yep. four. So which of the Abbey Canucks players or player of, of Abbotsford do you think has a shot of making the Canucks out of camp next year? Well, it's it's definitely Nils Hoaglander. Um, I guess, you know, there, there's going to be the question on D. Um, will a will Lannan, if Rathbone is still in the organization, mm-hmm. even um, I doubt it. Like I think he starts the year in the AHL, but there's a chance Philip Johansson shows up and and impresses. It's just right now the Canucks are pretty locked into the guys they already have on D. Yeah. They got to subtract. They got to subtract one of them. Until you subtract, it's going to be difficult to do. And as much as we're trying to answer these questions here, it's it, there's a very incomplete picture because there's a lot of work to be done. And I don't buy into they're not gonna they're gonna run the whole group back here. Yeah, they're gonna find a way to create some flexibility and mm-hmm. do something with it. Uh, all right, next question from Gordy: What will Canucks Central do if the Canucks do the unthinkable? and win the Bedard sweepstakes on Monday. Go to Nashville. <laughs> Example, reaching Randeep's <laughs> hot chip challenge. Oh, no, I ain't doing anything like that. We're just going to get ready to go to Nashville. I'm just getting ready to go to Nashville. Bro. I'm prepared to go to Nashville. Sad's like, just got triggered at the thought of doing no, the I'm not doing challenge. it. I, I, will, I might die. I'm not kidding. Like, I don't handle spice very well. Like, if I, might, I saw this dude who um, did some, like, like you know a spicy challenge or whatever and he's like I'm, I'm great at he's tried the hottest thing i don't know what it is i don't understand these things but yeah. he tried maybe the hottest thing you can try in the world like, this is fine ends up in the hospital afterwards almost dies i'm like this is a guy who eats hot sauce or has you know spicy food and he almost died why would i do that to myself it's not happening so it's uh, not you're going to nashville if this happens well i'm, I'm manifesting it <laughs> We uh, we hope Canucks Central will be on location in Nashville to uh, see the Canucks draft Connor Bedard first yes. overall at the NHL entry draft towards the end of June. Yes, it's actually midweek this time around. Hey, yeah, it's a bit different. Yeah, it's like Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, the, the draft this year. It'll be good. It'll be. You know, we get the weekends off. It's yes, nice. uh, whole weekend and Na- oh, no, I don't know if we'll, we'll probably come back. Yeah, that's by true. that, thankfully, but, for my uh, sake, for my liver. <laughs> um, what would we do? Well. The plan is, no matter what, uh, to have Patrick Alvine on the show Monday Yes. after the draft lottery sweepstakes are done, which should be around... Uh, the, the lottery will start at 5 and then uh, finish up at 5.30, so... They're going to drag that out. They are going to drag that out. <laughs> it is a made-for-TV experience at the uh, NHL studios in Secaucus, New Jersey. And um, so we'll have Patrick Alvine on, and... I mean, if there's a celebration to be had, you can imagine we'll be uh, on the radio being a part of that for a while (laughs) after the Canucks potentially win on Monday. Um, Are we doing a one-chip challenge? Why would we do anything? I don't know. What's the whole point? (laughs) I don't get it. Like, I don't get the whole, like, let's do things to inflict pain on ourselves. That's true. But to celebrate. Celebrate by pain. Why would you do that? <laughs> doesn't seem like a celebration. That's like a flogging. I don't there's need a, that. It's not like a bet on the line, you know? It's not like I'm being shamed into doing something. Yeah. It gets views, though. Yeah, it, it, it gets clicks. Yeah. That's I, the point. I almost died the night that I had the one show. That I did Listen, the I'm not challenge. putting my body, my, my health on the line for content. Okay. I'm too old for that now. <laughs> All right. From Nick, not that I want them to do it, but since it is the Canucks, who may be available that you would consider trading pick number 11 for? Who would I trade pick 11 for? 
I mean, who is who available? could be available? Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I wouldn't do that because you got to pay him a lot of money. If I pay him, if I'm moving pick 11. And he may potentially not want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing it for a guy like him. I'm doing it for somebody who can play defense. You do it for a defenseman. Yeah. So, uh, Romanov tied. No. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I just I get what you're Romanov saying. Yes. Because he was traded for a 13th pick. Yeah. Year. I mean, 11th pick is going to get you a, a solid player, right? Like, I. I'd be looking at the 11. I mean, you're probably not going to be able to go into the, the huge sweepstakes of superstars mm-hmm. at number 11, but that's what I would look at. Now, I don't think the Canucks are trading the pick. Like, I think there's a sense the Canucks might or will trade the pick. I'd be absolutely shocked if they move the first round pick this year. They would do anything to win. Win as po- as quickly as possible. Um, it would seem unlikely that they trade the pick. So... Let's just say it would be for an RFA type. That's like the the top RFA defenseman this year would be Keandre Miller. Yeah, you're not getting him. Rangers are not trading him. Uh, Vince Dunn. Seattle's not trading him, Mm-mm. I wouldn't think. No, and like, does he, is he the type of player you want to bring in and pay a lot of money to who does a lot of the same things Quinn does? Yeah. You have Hironik here as well. And uh, Akito Hirose, who's already with the Canucks, so that's you know one of the top RFA's <laughs> that's uh, that's out there this summer. That's a joke, by the way. Yes, Sorry, yes. In case. No, <laughs> he's got a tough he, crowd, big RFA. <laughs> no, I wouldn't trade the 11th overall pick for Capo Caco. Okay, Tambir asks. Uh, no. Next, I think Nick agrees with you. He doesn't want to trade it. No, no, yeah, we're all on the same page. Yes, from Chef Swagger, who is more likely to land a contract in the NHL this offseason? Nikolai Goldobin or Nikita Trampkin? Neither. And why are we even asking this question? Fast answer there, Seth. Like, I mean, why, why are we talking Goldobin and Trampkin again? Like, why are these guys resurfacing? I don't understand it. Because he do, wants do people, to get back to the NHL. Do people realize these guys, like, suck? <laughs> I don't think they do. Like, Trampkin is a bad hockey player. Yeah. Like, he's not a good hockey player. Yeah. And Nikolai Goldobin ain't doing it. I'm sorry, man. Goldie ain't it. Goldie ain't it. He's had a couple of nice years in the KHL. Great. Have fun. Have at it. 19 goals this year. In Great. Nine games. Come over and you'll be just like Jonathan Dolan. <laughs> Have a good flash, play a little bit, and it's not going to work out. Like I, mean, it, I mean, Nikita Tramp is not a good defender. He wasn't, he wasn't even good in Vancouver. He, he wasn't good in the KHL. He was tall and he could skate. That's why people yeah. liked him here. And he was a little physical every once in a while. But, like, he struggled. And the Canucks had so many bad defensemen that year that he looked somewhat promising. But it's like it's you're 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 grading it on a scale on a very poor scale, like like I'm done. Yeah. No more Trampkin questions. No no more Trampkin questions. And I you know what? I hope he signs an NHL team, and so people can see that yeah. he's nothing, so we yeah. can move on. Please, the guy's not a player. Uh, Goldobin, look, you can uh, go into the uh, 650 archives and hear a few of my. Bad takes on Goldobin because I, I I like the player. I like. Hey, we all liked Goldie when I, he first got here. I did like the talent. You know, I thought there was something there, but yeah, I mean, he I, just didn't learn the NHL game really. No, I mean, I liked. The didn't talent learn too. to play away from the puck. I did too when he got here, yeah. and you wanted to give him a chance, and you gave him a chance, and he got runway, and he kind of proved what he was. Like Goldobin, if Goldobin's going to make it in the NHL, he's going to go to a, a team that needs to kind of fill out its roster. Yeah, you know, he's going to the Chicago's of the world. Mm-hmm. Right, where they're going to have some open roster spots. They don't necessarily want to graduate prospects yet, so they're going to sign a 27-year-old from the KHL and see if he can stick. And that's that's the type of team that's going to take on Nikolai Goldobin. 
if any team does. Mm. Moving away from ex-Canucks, we're going to go to a team across the country in the Toronto Maple Leafs from Austin and Langley. Oh, heh. Will the Leafs get swept? And then as my personal addition to it, what do you think the percent chance is the Leafs could still win this series? So, I don't think the Leafs will get swept. But percentage chance that they win the series? I'd put it at um, 22%. Daniel Sedin. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why 22%, but I still, like, Florida's not very good. Florida's given up a ton of chances. Sergei Bobrovsky has played really well. If you go by the numbers, these have been the two best games Sergei Bobrovsky has had back-to-back in his Florida Panthers career. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't want to make, ex- like, did the Leafs get goalied last night? You could say that. Bobrovsky played well, but... The Leafs got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. Like, that's that's literally the difference in this series so far. Yeah, and I don't... I mean, they haven't been poor, to be honest. They've had some bad moments, right? They've made some mistakes. That's really all it like, It comes it down to, right? That's all, that's all it takes. You're right. And they can't beat Bobrovsky outside yeah. of a couple of goals here and there. And, like, he's kind of getting in their heads a little yeah. bit, too. Now, if you're being optimistic on the Leafs side, you're expecting Bobrovsky to just, you know, implode which yep. it happens at some point. But now they're down 2 nothing. We spoke to Yannick about this, and he mentioned like the mental challenge of trying to now beat a team yep. that's out-physicaling you, has more tenacity than you do, and now all of a sudden they're up 2 nothing, going back home. It's, it's a really tough spot. I don't think the series is over, Yeah, but I don't know if the Leafs are winning this one. Like I picked the Leafs to win this series. Like They're down 0-2. Like, I don't feel confident with a comeback here. So New Jersey turned around uh, an 0-2 deficit while losing both games at home against the New York Rangers in the first round. So it's not something that hasn't been done before. I just, what happens if Florida plays really well? Like all of a sudden Florida flips the script and has a really good game. You know, like they haven't played too well in these first two, but they've won both of them. So they're playing with house money right now. The Leafs, they just don't have any more room for error. I think, They've kind of resorted back to their prior problems. You know, the whole uh, weight off your shoulders thing. It's like, yeah, that doesn't mean you can stop playing the way that you were against the Tampa Bay Lightning and trying to play as close to mistake-free hockey as you were. You can't let Florida goat you into playing some kind of a run-and-gun style. Mm -hmm. And Toronto's just gotten too comfortable, and it's cost them. They got to change that. So yeah. they're in. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do it. They need somebody to be as nasty as uh, Sam Bennett has been too. There you go. He's a greasy player. Man. Yeah, and one thing about Toronto, he's got some grease to him. Uh, you know, one thing about Toronto, and we spoke about this at times this year. They're not as fast as people think anymore. No. Like last year, they're one of the fastest teams in the league. They have been. They're kind of average. Really slow. Yeah, they're average. Mm-hmm. All right. Of all the teams still in the playoffs, including Toronto, what team is most likely to miss the playoffs? next year Seattle yeah I can see Seattle winning this series and still missing the playoffs next year <laughs> I, it, it depends on how what kind of offseason they have right I mean they did the committee thing which yeah. works great this year it's very hard to repeat unless you have guys that can repeat big seasons right so can Vince Dunn be a 60 point guy again next season can uh, Jared McCann be another 30-40 goal guy mm-hmm. if he's that again next year Dunn does that Benier takes a step then yes they can be fine but they had a lot of by committee stuff 
which can be very tough to replicate. Seattle and Winnipeg in the West. I'll pick two teams from the East. Oh, shocker. I picked the two wildcard teams. <laughs> um, I'd say uh, I'd say the Islanders and I kind of want to lean Bruins, but that's a big call. Yeah, I don't know about the Bruins. I still, I still think they'll find a way. Just because I think, you know, one of Buffalo, Ottawa, or Detroit is going to take a step in the Atlantic next year. Yeah, they should, I mean, we'll see with Detroit. Detroit has a ton of cap space, but I mean, let's not forget, Detroit traded away their second-best defenseman in yeah. Philip Ronick. They traded away one of their best forwards in Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. They have $30 million in cap space, but, like, they have to go replace those guys. Yeah, very competitive division as yeah. well. Like, I mean, I think Detroit's very promising with their draft picks and a lot of prospects. But, I mean, is this the year they're going to use some of that capital to get good players? Are they going to have those young players become stars? Like, it's tough Eisenman's to go been... out and have a big offseason and have it all come together right away. I mean, I'm like not trying... Like, look at Ottawa this year. I'm not trying to diminish the work Steve Eiserman's done here. Yeah. But he's been a GM since, what, 2019? Yeah. He's missed the playoffs four straight years mm-hmm. with that team. I'm not saying he's going to get fired or anything, but like, how long is this plan before you get good again? <laughs> is it a 10-year plan? What is this plan? So I was wondering this year, so for them to be a playoff team, Dan, I think they're going to have to be aggressive. And how aggressive are they going to be given their track record of not being overly aggressive outside of a few free agents here and there? Yeah. Uh, you know, guys like Perron and, and Andrew Kopp are nice, but they're not putting you over the top, especially when you're in that Atlantic division. Mm-hmm. So that's what they did last year. We'll see. Tough to pl- replace Philip Aronik. Really good player from the four games we saw. <laughs> Why do they want to trade him in the first place? Yeah. We had to include a basketball question in yes, here. Yes. Shea Gilders Alexander, Jamal Murray, Andrew Wiggins are all in the same draft, let's just say. Yeah. What order, order do they get picked in? Oh, right now, I would take Murray number one and then Shea Gilgis Alexander second. Yeah. I was going to say Shea first. I Maple want to say Jordan. He's so good. Shea's so good. Yeah, I take. Yeah, he'd be third for well, sure. Because like Wiggins has kind of become a great, you know, second tier guy on a team, whereas Murray and, and Shea have kind of graduated to being guys on the yeah, team. The guy. The I mean, guy. I mean, well, she- Jamal's got uh, yeah. Jokic. Jokic with him. Yeah. I mean, Shea had the bigger year, and I'm not diminishing anything he did, but like also on, on the team he was, he got a lot of touches too. And Well, he's the guy, right? He's, he's the guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the only guy, really. He's the only guy. The only guy. So I think his... The thing with Jamal Murray that has me so impressed in the playoffs is his game goes to another level. He's intense defensively. He's a good leader, right? He runs an offense well, hits big shots. Just seeing that right now, they might win the title. The Nuggets might win the title this year. I think he's such a great complimentary piece for Jokic. Just being able to run the offense and hit shots from the perimeter. So you can't collapse on Jokic or else he's right there. I think if I think I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm a Lakers guy. Yeah, it's one one. But I kind of think the Nuggets are gonna win the title this year. Mm. I'll take Dylan Brooks over all of them. (laughs) That's a lie. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) And the lie detector said, "Yeah, that is a lie." Uh, You more than Memphis, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say no. I'll take him. Under no circumstances. Yes. Yeah. As oh, Memphis said to him. And by the way, what a cop out by Memphis. So like, they've created the environment. It's like, yeah, it's his fault. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't think it's it's just Dylan Brooks. Yeah. He was the main antagonist, but that entire team kind of embodied that mindset. Yeah. I mean, the whole John Morant inter- interview about like, I got no problem in the West. Yeah. Like, mm. come on. Mm. Don't I, I kind of actually like JJ Reddick's take on. Uh, 
He went after Shams for, for saying, like, there's no way Memphis used the same language that Shams Sharania did in that they don't intend to bring back Dylan Brooks whatsoever. Might be mm. more media-driven. Kind of yeah. feel bad for the guy. Brooks, a little bit. I mean, he's an NBA player. He's going to get a job somewhere. He's going to pay him a lot of money. Someone's going to pay him a lot of money. He's going to go somewhere. Yes. But the Grizz as a whole are kind of... Kind of Shanghai so that's Team Canada. Yeah. yeah. Wigs, so, SGA. Shocking. Memphis Grizzlies. There are a lot of tears in the text inbox. A lot of crying. Tears. And whining. A lot of whining. About what? A sold-out game four and five... A sold-out game four in a five-game series in Abbotsford tonight. Y'all talking about basketball. It's literally a question, the last question in the mailbag. <laughs> after we spent, what, 24 minutes answering hockey questions? And we had answered some about Abbotsford. We answered some about Abbotsford. We, we spoke about Abbotsford. We had Jeremy Carlton on yesterday. And guess what? The next segment is coming up, and we're going to be talking about hockey. <laughs> you can wipe those tears now. Yep. One question. The text box goes insane. That's it. <laughs> A lot of whining. It's Friday. Lighten up. All right. <laughs> That's uh, the mailbag here on Canuck Central. Coming up, we might talk about your Abbotsford Canucks and some of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's next on Canuck Central.